right, we're uh, <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> we, we we just started to give a give a hot go. So this is episode two hundred eighty two of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Uh, we're just going to jump right in. I I had in my head because this is going to be a whole series of talking to people about getting on zero, and so it it makes sense that the first person we're going to have on here is J.W. Weatherman, who's been a repeat guest, but. Um, I don't know that there was a person, well, there are other people on zero before JW, but he, uh, I think you coined the hashtag. So yeah, welcome to the, welcome to the beginning yeah. of the get on zero series of the Rollins slappy show. Yeah. Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I, there's definitely been people that have living, been living on Bitcoin earlier. I don't know that anybody, uh, considered it something that mainstream normal people can do until until we started, you know, the small group of us started pushing it on Twitter just in the last few months. Um, and yeah, the get on zero hashtag is, a, is definitely a, a, a play on the get off zero, right? Because it was in 2017, it was get off zero, just buy your first little bit of Bitcoin. And now it's get on zero, just get rid of that last little bit of fiat. It's funny, I was going to bring that up because uh, I don't remember how long ago it was, Rallo, but Every now and then I'll go like two or three days and not even touch Twitter, not look at it. And so I always miss things. And I came back and I saw you tweet something like that. Like it used to, it was something like it used to be get off zero. Now it's get on zero. And I sent, I sent the tweet over to Rallo and I was like, what does this mean? I missed something. <laughs> What's going on here? So yeah, that was the first I heard of it was from you, the term get off zero. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's really been cool. I, I think I realized that it was possible just, I want to say like two months ago. And uh, at this point, there's a lot of people, Laser Hoddle, uh, heavily armed clown on Twitter, who's also the 1971 guy. And you guys have had him on um, the uh, WTF happened in 1971. Um, uh, he's also a, a big get on zero guy now. And it's really taken off. Like it's taken off a lot faster than Bitcoin maximalism. We were talking before uh, we decided to hit record about like, you guys don't get a ton of views. I don't get a ton of follows, right? Uh, on Twitter. Um, definitely not like uh, the Peter McCormick's of the world and the Anthony Pompliano's and all these guys, but those guys don't actually do anything, right? They're just, they're the guys that, uh, that seem really important to somebody that hasn't been around because of the number of bot likes that they get. Uh, but they don't, they don't move the conversation at all, right? Because to stay popular, you have to stay right in the center of the herd. You can't lead the herd and, and be popular uh, by definition, right? So you see these guys and you're like, oh, these guys are really important Bitcoin people, but they haven't contributed anything to the, the way that we're all thinking about it. Um, and meanwhile, guys like you guys and Heavily Armed Clown and uh, Laser and to some degree myself, um, you know, we, we're not like we all have jobs. Right. So we're not we're not trying to be like, uh, you know, Amway salesmen for Bitcoin. We don't really need the MLM, you know, affiliate links or whatever. We, we actually can contribute to society and make a living. Uh, outside of, you know, outside of this. Um, and that gives us the freedom to actually, you know, say what we think is true, even if it's not popular. And then also play stuff for the long game. Like you guys were early Bitcoin maximalists. Um, I was an early Bitcoin maximalist. Nobody wanted to be called Bitcoin maximalists when, you know, in, in 2017, right? It was still an insult. And 
uh, and if somebody calls you that, you're still like, well, I'm not, I'm not exactly a maximalist. And it was a small group of us that were like, no, we're Bitcoin maximalists. Let's define the word and let's run with it because it's great. And now it's, you know, everybody on CNBC is like, yeah, I'm a little bit of a maximalist, right? Like, so, um, so that's what matters, right? The, the impact of the ideas over time is what matters. And, uh, and if you're not, if you're not dying for that $5 click, you know, affiliate link, then uh, that's what you work on. And, and you guys have done uh, a lot for that. I mean, I think the, the battles that I can think of that we fought together um, over the last few years, definitely shit coins and Bitcoin maximalism, and we've crushed that. Uh, definitely cold storage, right? And using multi-sig and Bitcoin core, um, again, fighting the jumble salesman on that front. And the, the outsized impact that we've had on that has been huge. Um, and you guys have been a huge part of that. Um, and now I think we all get the pleasure of fighting this. Maybe it's the last fight. That's the last thing that we, uh, we really have to push before everything falls into place. And that is, you know, get rid of fiat entirely. You don't need it. It doesn't need to be a part of your life. It's not inconvenient to abandon it and it's going to make you richer. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe this is the last dragon that we'll get to slay together, but, uh, whether it is or not, it's, it's been a good run. Yeah. I really appreciate, uh, all of that. And I appreciate all that you've done. And one of the things what you, what you just said about, maybe this is like the last dragon we have to slay or something. One of the things that I say all the time, as I've gone on this libertarian Bitcoin path is that there's always these like kind of mind blowing moments that you have and each time you have that mind-blowing moment you're like oh wow i i have it figured out and then a little bit later you get humbled again because you have another mind-blowing moment and you realize you didn't have it all figured out before so i've been thinking about that with getting on zero is it like well is this it or is it is there going to be this next thing in like a year or two from now they're going to be like how did i not see this before um because it's 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 funny now that I'm I'm trying to get on zero um and seeing how possible it is and how I should be doing it I I look at myself from the past and then I'm I'm kicking myself kind of and saying like well how did I not see this before I said I was all I I was totally in on bitcoin and all this stuff and you know you can you can go back and we've been doing this podcast for a while you can see exactly what I was saying but I wasn't saying I should just totally dump the dollar because it's crap. Um, so on the one hand, it's kind of, you know, you're kicking yeah. yourself. But on the other hand, it makes me feel a little bit better about the stuff before I was a maximalist, like uh, sending and losing Bitcoin in scams and playing around with altcoins and doing all that stupid stuff that it's like, all right, well, <laughs> it's it's the information and the perception of it I had at the time. It, it is what it is. You, you know, you can't go back and 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 undo do the past he's got to move forward and and at least we're moving forward so right um what changed what changed yep. for you let's uh let's get into to why you get on zero yeah <clears throat> right so so uh and i guess this will help define it for people too so what hit me is i was playing around with strike and strike is uh jack maller's app um, it's a thing that kind of went viral in el salvador that ended up resulting in them taking taking the, the step of making it legal tender down there. Um, and their primary use case actually is, and the thing that they talk about mostly is just being able to send fiat abroad. And so what they do is they'll take Bitcoin or you'll, they'll take your fiat, right? So you do a, 
um, an ACH from your bank account into into Strike. Um, you know, it's not a wire transfer; it's called an ACH, and it takes two or three days or whatever, right? Um, it's usually how you get direct deposit. Um, so they'll take that fiat and then they'll convert it to Bitcoin and then they'll send it over the Lightning Network to El Salvador. And then in El Salvador, there's an exchange over there that will turn it from uh, from Lightning to US dollars again, right? So they're just using the payment rails as kind of their main use case. Um, and so I was just playing around with it and I was buying a little bit of Bitcoin on it. Um, and I, it, there was, it, it clicked when I saw that they weren't charging like any fees at all, right? I think it's like... 30 basis points or something, right? So like 0.3%. So you do a hundred bucks and it's like, it's nothing. Like it, it doesn't even show up. Um, and uh, and when I realized how, how just powerful it was to hit a button and switch between fiat and Bitcoin and Bitcoin and fiat and not lose anything, right? Like no energy loss in the process. Uh, I was like, wait a minute. I There's no reason for me to own fiat anymore, right? If I can just hit a button and then have fiat transferred into my bank account uh, at any time that I need it, I should start storing my checking account in, in Bitcoin because, uh, because one, it's just fun uh, and cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's that aspect of it for sure. But also, like, it just makes sense, right? Bitcoin on average goes up. Dollars on average go down. Every hour that I'm holding fiat, on average, I'm poorer. And every hour that I'm holding Bitcoin, on average, I'm richer. And it's on average, right? So you know, you, you can have some bad days, but um, but if uh, if that's if that's the case, then that's the gamble that you take, right? Nothing's guaranteed. On average, if you wear a seatbelt, you don't die as often. But sometimes you die as a result of a seatbelt, right? We don't always think about it like that, but when it comes to you know holding Bitcoin, yeah, it's possible that your checking account will go down. Um, but on average, it's going to make you richer. If So I, I just started trying it to see if it was even possible. And it turned out that with a combination of um, cash app and strike, because I, the, the challenge that I was running into is uh, just the amount of money that I was moving in on a monthly basis, my limits were too low on strike. So I was using cash app and strike uh, to kind of address the limit thing. Um, and I'm actually hitting those limits again, so I'll probably uh, add another thing just because I had a big expense that I wasn't anticipating, and so that that's a little bit of a challenge. But but the bottom line is like there's there's exchanges like uh, Level is is one of the exchanges that I'm pretty excited about, where you can sign up and for zero fees they'll let you move in and out of Bitcoin. And when you have to spend money, you can just use uh, a credit card. This is kind of a, a little bit of a hack that makes it a little easier. You just use your credit card throughout the month and you don't own fiat at that point. You're actually shorting the dollar a little bit. Um, so if the dollar goes down, then, you know, the Bitcoin is going to go up even more. And, uh, and then when you pay off your credit card at the end of the month by selling a little bit of Bitcoin, you benefit even more than, you know, than just owning zero fiat. Um, but yeah, the basic idea, uh, the simplest version of it is you have Bitcoin on an exchange. It doesn't matter what exchange. Um, that's where you have all of your, your checking account is uh, funds that are there. So if your employer pays you, you would immediately just transfer it to that exchange, buy Bitcoin. You don't hold any fiat. You only hold Bitcoin. And then you use your credit card throughout the month. And then when you need to pay off your credit card uh, at the end of the month, you sell a little bit of Bitcoin and transfer it over. Um, and what that ends up resulting in is you're completely you, like you basically interact with the U.S. dollar as if it's a foreign currency, right? 
you embrace the fact that Bitcoin's the native currency of the internet. Like we're we're the internet generation. Uh, we all live and work on the internet. This conversations on the internet, and you just start treating the U.S. dollar like a, a foreign currency, the way you would if you were in Venezuela. You didn't want to hold any of those crappy pesos or bolivars or whatever they are, but you still have to uh, accept payment in them and immediately get back into U.S. dollars, right? And you still have to buy stuff with them, so you would, you know, switch out of U.S. dollars to bolivars if you had to pay somebody. You do exactly that same thing, except you make Bitcoin your your currency and you treat the U.S. dollar as the piece of crap peso that it really is. Um, and it turns out that with the services that are out now, it's it's super, super easy and convenient. Yeah, it's uh, I've been doing it for, well, I've been using Strike for the last two months, I guess, to convert my paycheck into Bitcoin. And it's the, it was the greatest feeling in the world to go on that app. Pull off the uh, set, put the uh, the direct deposit information in with the uh, the stuff for my company, and then go on the app, and then push that slide that bar all the way over to one hundred percent Bitcoin, and then to see that pop in, I wake up in the morning one day and see that uh, you know, hey, I've got I've got Bitcoin um, from my job, basically, uh, it was pretty neat. And uh, so I've for the last month I've been month or so I've been having to liquidate some Bitcoin to pay off expenses and everything. And I've actually, because everyone asks, you know, oh, what about capital gains and everything? Right. And I think that's something we should address. But um, I've actually liquidated all the Bitcoin so far uh, in a non-KYC fashion. Uh, I've had some some unfortunate boating events <laughs> um, where it just so happened that some friends that I know like sent me dollars of the same amount as gifts. <laughs> While you were fishing, and then right, yeah, yeah, and then also I uh, I used Bisc, yeah, to uh, to make make a trade, right on. Um, and that was, it's funny too, and and I, I'm going all over the place because I do want to talk about the capital gains, um, question because that's something everybody brings up, and it's something that held me up for a while, yeah. Um, but um, uh, it's funny every most of the time, uh doing a Bitcoin transaction, even with friends or over BISC, it's always the USD side that is the painful, annoying thing that holds things up. I've had to wait. The BISC trade took four days, I think. Yeah. Because the banks were closed over the weekend and he couldn't get his transfer through and then all this other stuff. And then, uh, yeah. And, and, and the Bitcoin thing takes 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. for it to show for it to to get a confirmation with uh, one sat per byte. Yep, yep. As a fee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the only reason that it's inconvenient at all to buy and sell Bitcoin is the fiat system. It's not it's not the Bitcoin system. And like even even using BISC, right? So if you're buying BISC, is basically just for those that don't know, it's it's like this peer to peer app where you can connect to other people that either want to buy or sell Bitcoin. And so it's sort of private in the sense that you're just working with some random dude, right? And and uh, so there's no company that's like recording who you are. And then uh, it's not like Coinbase where you know they have just a direct feed to the feds, right? There's no question. So it's some random dude and that random dude may or may not share the information that you have to share with him. Um, but it's, it's more private in that sense. But one of the problems with BISC is that if you sell Bitcoin on the exchange, you uh, well, if you buy Bitcoin on the exchange, you're pretty safe, right? Because you've used a, a crappy fiat rail system to send them money, 
and then they've sent you Bitcoin that's totally irreversible and just like ironclad. Once it's yours, it's yours. Uh, but if you uh, sell Bitcoin on the exchange or on this peer-to-peer marketplace, because the fiat system sucks so bad, if, uh, if you send somebody Bitcoin, they definitely have the Bitcoin. If they send you money through an ACH payment, for example, they have months and months and months where they can go into their bank and just say, hey, that, that transaction was not authorized. Somebody hacked my account. And they'll claw that money back out of your account and it will come out, you know, so like, let's say you gave somebody $2,000 in Bitcoin and you're like, okay, I've got the fiat in my account. In three months, you might just see a debit of $2,000 and you'll call your bank and say, hey, what is this about? Where'd that money go? And they'll just say, oh, that ACH payment for three months ago was, uh, was reversed. And if it's the person that actually, so there's two scenarios where this happens. One is, um, where somebody actually hacks somebody else's bank account and then they use that to buy Bitcoin. And, and so the actual owner of the account really didn't get the Bitcoin. Some other person did, but you're still the one that's left holding the bag as the person that sold the Bitcoin. Uh, but the other scenario is called friendly fraud. And that's where they did actually get the Bitcoin and they just went to their bank and said, Hey, I didn't authorize it when they actually did. Um, and that just kind of illustrates just how just terrible that fiat system is. Uh, it's all it's all very squishy. Nothing's ever final, and you just can't trust it at at all. Um, which is one of the reasons that this get on zero movement is so cool because companies like Strike they have that same problem. And so if you ACH them money, and then they take that money and turn it into Bitcoin and let you run off with it, they have a big cost, and that cost is that that fraud issue. But if you're working for like I don't know, Microsoft and Microsoft deposits that money into Strike and then that gets converted into Bitcoin. They don't have that expense. So they can do it at a much lower exchange rate because Microsoft's not going to defraud them, right? Um, So basically the fiat system sucks so bad, you can only accept payments from people you trust. (laughs) This is what it comes down to. Uh, But if you're having your paycheck converted, uh, then it can be done at a really low, low fee, low cost thing. Yeah, the other thing I do, um, I forgot to bring this up, and it's been pretty neat, and uh, is uh, something called Pay with Moon, where you can um, create uh, digital Visa cards, and and so it's only for online shopping and stuff. But if you pay a bill, there where they take Visa cards online, um, you create, you say, this is how much I want this card to be worth, um, and I've done it for as little as a few bucks and as much as a thousand dollars so far. And uh, it creates a lightning invoice and you send them the lightning, mo- the payment over lightning and you, it's instantly there. And then you, you can pay off, you can, you can use that card right away. And uh, I, it's been great so far. Have, haven't had a single issue yet. Right on. Yeah. And it puts, like you said, it puts the risk on them of, of something going, going wrong because I've already spent the money and uh, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be out of a, of a thing. And and you only have to sign up with an email address. That's a really cool service. It's been on my list to try using that because I usually have like stuff from Amazon delivered. Uh, I, I don't do most of the shopping, but the stuff that comes into my house is usually bought either on Amazon or like Safeway, you know, in, in store pickup or whatever, you know, um, or sometimes groceries delivered. And uh, of course we're using, you know, regular checks or debit cards for all that sort of stuff. And 
what I realized is the amount of privacy that we would get if instead of like right now, the way that I do it is I put it on a, like a capital one credit card. Right. And then all of my data is collected and shared with every evil, you know, son of a gun uh, on the planet, including like, you know, Chinese dictators and stuff. But if I use, uh, if I go to like Safeway.com and then I pay with Moon, then it's lightning coming out of my strike account, which saves me the hassle of having to pay those funds later off on a credit card. It goes straight from strike via lightning to this pay with Moon company who doesn't have my identity. And then they give me a uh, debit card or a credit card number that I give to Safeway. And nobody has any data on me at all. Um, and I've been able to you know, pay with Bitcoin in a very slick way. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to messing around with that. When you were saying about spending stuff under the table, I do think that's going to be another frontier. And that'll, that'll, that might be another like level of orange pill that, that I've got, got to get figured out because um, I have some big expenses coming up, you know, things that I want to buy. And uh, I could, uh, I actually have some like unrealized uh, tax losses that I can use against it. So I could sell Bitcoin at, you know, I could basically spend Bitcoin, even though it's higher than when I initially bought it, and then pay capital gains on that, which we should talk about how that affects your checking account. But, um, but the other thing that I can do is I can go back and grab, you know, a little bit of that Bitcoin that I bought in 2017 that's gone up quite a bit. And then I can use that. And if they'll take Bitcoin, right? It's like, hey, if you'll give me a 3% discount, I'll give you Bitcoin. And even if they don't, even if they just say, okay, well, we'll take it, but you know, it's gotta be a par value or whatever. Um, I, that's still, you know, it's it's like a lot of things that I've bought with cash in the past, right? Like I, if I had to buy, you know, uh, something for 20 grand, uh, it wouldn't bother me at all to go get cash and then pay somebody just so they don't have to pay income tax, right? And maybe I avoid sales tax. So that's not that's not that unusual, right? It's pretty common to try to avoid those taxes when you can. And the IRS says like, you know, basically businesses that accept cash, uh, they don't get any money on that because everybody is like, hey, <laughs> let's work something out so we don't have to give the G-man any I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to do that sort of stuff with Bitcoin. And I haven't really done any of that yet, but I think that'll, that'll be a, a nice way to defund the beast a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And that just routes, it totally routes around the, uh, getting, having to do anything on the fiat rails. And yeah, I, I think the other thing is like, once you're on Bitcoin, right? So once, once you get in the habit of anytime you get paid, it goes into Bitcoin and anytime you spend, it comes out of Bitcoin. I think those, it'll it'll be like we used to operate a lot more on cash, and I think those opportunities will you know just kind of pop up, right? They'll just they'll they'll kind of they'll make more sense than oh well, I'll pay you in Bitcoin, but then I gotta I gotta do this and then I gotta do that, and I don't know how to track that and all that. It's just like look if you if you get paid by your employer, it goes into Bitcoin. If you have an expense, it comes out of Bitcoin, and if you uh, if you want to buy something and not pay any capital gains on it with that that Bitcoin that you bought a while back, um, then, you know, you just do a transaction that has nothing to do with that, but it, it comes out. So I think, I don't think it's that hard. It's just, it's, it's interesting how much there is to think through and that you have to kind of, you kind of have to just take a leap, one leap at a time. Um, and, uh, and then it'll get more clear, but just to tell people what's going on with capital gains. So, so the big objection, 
the biggest objection to getting on zero fiat is that people think, well, every time you spend Bitcoin, that's a taxable event. And every time somebody gives you Bitcoin, that's a taxable event. And uh, that's that's true. But if you if you take a real simple approach to this, right? So if you just open up a new, um, like let's say you open up a new strike account and you haven't done anything to it and then you sign up for a direct deposit, your employer is going to pay you in Bitcoin. Um, that's going to be in your strike account. When you go and pay off your credit card at the end of every month or write your rent check or whatever, you, whatever you're going to do, Strike is going to know at what point you sold the Bitcoin. So they know at what point the direct deposit happened, and that's when you bought Bitcoin. So let's say you bought Bitcoin at 60000 and then they know that, hey, you transferred out uh, you know, money when it was at 50000 And they're going to assume that when you transfer that money out, you spent it, right? So you gave it to somebody else. And this is just how exchangers track it anyway. Um, so as long as you're not withdrawing Bitcoin and then keeping it, if you're just withdrawing Bitcoin and immediately spending it, or you're selling it and then pulling out fiat, which is what I do. So if I had to, if I got paid from my employer, uh, it would go into Bitcoin, and then let's say a week later I need to write a rent check for fifteen hundred dollars. I would sell fifteen hundred dollars of Bitcoin in Strike and immediately have it deposited into my uh, my checking account. Um, and then I would write a check for 1500 bucks. So I don't own any dollars for any length of time, right? Just the amount of time that it's transferred. But Strike now knows when I got the Bitcoin, what the price was, when I sold the Bitcoin, what the price was. And they'll keep track of all of that for you. And if, if you have losses, so in other words, the Bitcoin that you were paid in went down in value before you sold it, they'll keep track of that as a loss. And that will cancel out the times where you get paid in Bitcoin and then it goes up and you sell Bitcoin at a gain. And they'll do all the math for you. So at the end of the year, they'll tell you, hey, you made you know $20,000 this year um, in additional income because you were on Bitcoin. And that'll have all of the losses and all of the gains figured out. Um, and yeah, if you make money, the IRS wants a piece of it. Um, but the good news is the tax rate isn't over 100%. So no matter how bad it is, it's still more money than you would have had otherwise. Um, and the absolute worst tax rate that you can get is ordinary income, uh, which you're already paying, right? You pay that on your, on your income that you get. So yeah, it'd be nice if you could, you know, finagle it and make it long-term capital gains. And, and, uh, and there are some exemptions. Like I think the first 40,000 that you make, actually, if you're a married couple, you can write off that, or you don't have to pay taxes on it anyway. So there is already some, some even, uh, better, you know, reality is around taxes. But if it was absolute worst case scenario, your worst case would be you pay taxes at the same rate that you pay taxes when your employer pays you on that additional money that you made because you were in Bitcoin. So it's the worst case is, is nothing to be feared. Yeah. And I know we're not. No, no go ahead, Slappy. I was just going to say, I know we're not like uh, qualified to give tax advice or anything, but when you say like a married couple can write off up to 40000 does that mean, say, say I have my Bitcoin in there and I'm buying and selling throughout the year and it turns out at the end of the year I had gains of $50,000, then I'm only paying that maybe short-term capital gains or I guess ordinary income on $10,000 because that first forty is exempt? Yeah, I believe that's how it works. And I think if you're single, you only get twenty. Um, but again, yeah, we're not tax people. I can say with confidence that the worst case scenario is you pay taxes on the same rate and the, the same percentage 
that you would pay on ordinary income. And that's short-term capital gains is synonymous with ordinary income, right? Like people that do investments, the worst thing that could ever happen is they pay taxes like a normal person. So if you're a normal person, you're already getting screwed at that rate. So you're not yeah. going to be shocked when it happens, right? But yeah, yeah uh, the way that I understand it is that exactly that. If you made an extra $50,000, like if you were $50,000 richer at the end of the year and you're a married couple, I think that you would end up, and let's say you're, you're, uh, you're making a lot of money, so your tax rate's like 35%. Um, you would pay 35% of that 10,000, not of the 50,000. Um, but again, no matter what I say, no matter how screwed up my advice is, the worst case scenario is you pay ordinary income tax, like as if you got paid from your employer. So I think there's that. And then there's also all kinds of other, um, you know, tricks that your accountant may have, uh, to offer you, uh, because, you know, when you have, when you have income tax that you're owed, you know, all of a sudden your office is 20% bigger than you said it was last year, right? Like there's all kinds of ways that uh, an accountant can help you kind of chisel, chisel down and, and push the limits a little bit. Um, you know, maybe all of a sudden you have a company car uh, when you didn't the year before, right? So there's all kinds of things you can do to reduce that amount. Um, but Again, worst case scenario is you don't play any games and you f totally forget that you have an exemption when it comes to a certain amount of uh, capital gains and your tax software sucks and your accountant sucks and everything else. Absolute worst case scenario is you pay your ordinary income tax rate. So um, so it's it, the main thing is that there's no universe in which this should scare you away from, uh, from getting rid of filthy fiat and getting on Bitcoin. Yeah, I think it's worth going over this stuff because I, I think a lot of people don't really understand how capital gains tax works. I've had some people say, hey, well, you're paying 30% on it. It's like, well, it, it, it's there's a difference between the short-term capital gains, which is what you've been saying, it's, it's taxed as normal income versus the long-term capital gains, which is depending on how much you're making, it's a it's a, a fixed uh, fixed rate. Um, right. And the other yeah, thing, and the difference there, the difference between long term and short term is like if you buy Bitcoin and then you spend it uh, two months later, you haven't held it for twelve months, and so you're going to pay short term capital gains, which is the same as ordinary income. Again, uh, there's all kinds of ways to get that down, including some built in exemptions and things. But but worst case scenario is you pay short term capital gains on it. If you if you have Bitcoin that you bought like four years ago. Um, and you haven't spent it, then, and you were to spend it today, you've held it for more than 12 months. So that's considered a long-term investment and you pay, I think, 25% um, uh, for, for that. And that's called long-term capital gain. Yeah. So I just pulled it up, um, the 2021 capital gains. So your tax filing status, if you're single and up to about $40,000, um, it's zero percent. Then forty thousand to four hundred forty-five thousand dollars, fifteen percent. Then anything over the four hundred forty-five thousand is at twenty percent. Um, married, and that, it's uh, and is that long-term capital gains? That's long-term. Yeah, nice. And those are realized gains too. So you have to sell. Them. Yeah, and that, and that's right. the other thing. It's it's realized and it's the gain. So if you have bought Bitcoin for $500 worth of Bitcoin and now it's worth $1,000, you're not paying, you know, 15% on $1,000, you're paying 15% on 1,000 minus 500. 
So that's right. the other thing you have. Like you're not, it's, it's just the profit. So it's not eating away at, uh, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever. You press and and if you had any other losses, right? So if you had, um, uh, I don't know, if you have a, a house and you pay a mortgage, then all of the interest that you pay on that mortgage is tax deductible. And so that can offset even that 15% of the 500. And if you bought any Bitcoin that went down that you ended up selling, that's a loss. So that loss can also offset that. So um there's a lot of there's a lot of things that work in your favor when you do have you know capital gains tax that you have to pay. Uh, and you, you can choose which Bitcoin you sold throughout the year too. It doesn't. They're not going to look at the UTXOs and be like, "Well, you bought this one at this price." If you if you bought it at sixty, fifty, and forty, you can sell all your sixty when a, you know at a, at a lower price. Yep. Of course, yep. then your your basis on the other two is still there, but. Yeah. Yeah. So with Bitcoin is actually treated really like as generously as possible from the IRS. Um, you can do there's there's three. I think it's three different ways that and certain assets you can only do like LIFO or FIFO or specific lots or whatever. But Bitcoin, you can do any of them. If if you just want to get your checking account off of uh, fiat onto Bitcoin, you don't have to worry about any of this. Right. So. You throw, you throw your uh, checking account into something like Strike or Level, uh, and, um, and then at the end of the year, they give you a number, and you take that number, and you, you just throw it into the form, and you're done, right? As long as, you're, uh, as long as you're only transferring fiat in and only transferring fiat out, uh, they'll know exactly at what point you bought and sold everything throughout the year. And it'll be treated as short term, and you know you'll it'll it'll be really straightforward. So that's worst case scenario. But if you want to, you do have a lot of flexibility in how fancy you get after the fact. Um, and so you can do you can you can take the numbers that they gave you, or you can look at it and go, well, actually, they're doing it based on assuming that the Bitcoin that I spend is the first Bitcoin that I bought in the account, which is called first in, uh, first out. Um, and, and, you know, so if you bought, you know, two months ago at 60,000 and now you're spending it, um, they have to decide, are you spending the Bitcoin that you bought two months ago or the Bitcoin you bought two weeks ago? And they're probably going to just go with, uh, the first in first out, uh, concept, which means they'll, they'll do the math, assuming that you bought it two months ago. Uh, but, and that's probably going to be fine, right? Again, you're not going to get, there's no scenario in which you get screwed here. But if you want, at the end of the year, you can look at it and go, actually, if I took the, the last in first out approach, I'd even have less taxes to pay because that Bitcoin that I bought two weeks ago was higher than the Bitcoin that I bought two months ago at the point that I sold it. Um, and so you can, you can chisel them down that way too, which is cool. It's nice to have that flexibility. Um, and then you can even take it further with what's called the sp specific lots approach where you can go okay, I'm not going to assume that the first Bitcoin that I sold was what I spent or the last Bitcoin. I'm going to go through and look at the highest purchases of Bitcoin that I made. And I'm going to use the very highest one for every one of my purchases, right? Like you can basically pick and choose. And this is totally legal um, and, and file based on that. So you have some, you have quite a bit of flexibility on how you file your taxes on Bitcoin. Um, and uh, again, the, the simplest way and 
probably what I'm going to do is I'll just do the simplest way because uh, I'm really lazy and I hate <laughs> dealing with accountants. And if I don't have to talk to them, it's worth something to me. But if I, if at the end of the year, you know, it turns out that I made 20,000 on Bitcoin or more, then I'll probably go, all right, let me, let me just throw this into a spreadsheet and have the accountant double check it and give him his 500 bucks and see if he can save me anything. Cause he probably can. Um, but, uh, but if I only make, you know, four or $5,000 on it, I probably won't bother and I'll just, you know, pay the, pay the tax based on that. But it's nice to have all those options. And again, it's only, it's only stuff that you would bother with to get your taxes even lower. But worst case scenario is you're paying ordinary income tax on that amount. Yeah, I put together uh, a spreadsheet uh, that's on the show notes page. You can download it on episode 275. Um, for trying to figure out like, hey, here's when I bought Bitcoin and here's where I'm selling it. So you can kind of like pick and choose um, doing that, doing that uh, tax lot kind of thing. So it's not, it's it sounds intimidating and it sounds like, ah, uh, it's just going to be an absolute nightmare. But as long as you're keeping good track of stuff, it's, it's really not that bad. And if you're, um, you know, using only an exchange or two, it's pretty easy to get a, you know, a CSV file or something or just to go through and, and see what you bought. At, at when and so yeah and it's fine it's i mean when big. you have when you have nothing to lose right when you're like okay well i'm not getting screwed here either way but i may be able to squeeze out another 1500 bucks then you know it, as long as you have that attitude towards it then, it then it can be fun to try to chisel them down a bit yeah it's kind of fun to, it's a lot more fun to do accounting when uh you, <laughs> your net worth is going up as opposed right. to so yeah it, yeah yeah, which actually, I mean, that ties into the volatility thing, right? Because the other thing that people uh, are afraid of is, well, if I if I convert my checking account to Bitcoin and then Bitcoin goes down, uh, then uh, then I can lose money, right? Because Bitcoin's really volatile in the short term, and that's totally true. It it's volatile in the short term. So if you had, you know, if you're living month to month, and let's say you have uh, four thousand dollars in your checking account, and you've got to spend all four thousand dollars this month. There's a lot of, and my position, uh, you know, even when I, like maybe a month ago, right after I had been running on this for a while, I was like, well, you should probably have at least two or three months of savings uh, so that you have a cushion there. So if you're truly living month to month down to the penny, this might be too extreme. But then I realized like, wait a minute, you're, you're picking some really, you're picking out of two very risky options in that case. So if you're living month to month, you are right on the razor's edge and any inflation is going to destroy you, right? So if you were buying, you know, beef at $5 a pound and now it goes up to $6 a pound, you're, you're bankrupt, right? You're, it's game over for you. So you're, you don't get to choose if you're living month to month between a high risk option and a low risk option. You get to choose between a high risk option and another high risk option and try to figure out which of those high risk options are, are safer. And, uh, and after giving this some thought and having a few people ask this, I realized, you know what, it is actually safer for you to go all in on Bitcoin for a couple of reasons. One is you're guaranteed to lose right now. We are in a very inflationary environment. We could be in a hyperinflationary environment. And if you are living month to month, you're done, right? You're, you're not going to be able to continue to make rent and, and buy food. Um, at the levels of, of, you know, your quality of life that you have now. Um, so in that circumstance, I would still say, 
there's a chance that this is going to be painful, right? There's going to, there's a chance that you're going to be late on rent or you're going to uh, end up in a little bit of credit card debt or, you know, bad things are going to happen because the price of Bitcoin drops after your employer pays you and you immediately convert. It's not outside the realm of possibility, but um, on the other hand, chances are, right. And this is a, this is a gamble either way. Chances are at the end of the year, you're going to be richer. And for a couple of reasons, one is that, Bitcoin goes up more often than it goes down. Um, so you've got that playing in your favor. The other is that, uh, that in my experience, once you like internalize the actual volatility of the universe around you, it starts affecting your behavior. So if you're living month to month and you don't like the idea that Bitcoin could drop and that you're going to uh, not, uh, not have enough money to pay rent, that's like it, that's the reality smacking in you, you in the face of the world that you were in before, right? Because any minute your 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 rent could go up drastically, um, any minute the price of beef could go up drastically. So you were maybe a little too comfortable in this world of thinking that your fiat was safe because your fiat wasn't safe. It's just the the numbers and the math that you see uh, are the same numbers, but their purchasing power is completely volatile. Um, so you're actually better off just internalizing that reality. And if that means that you spend a little bit less or you work an extra Saturday a month in order to build up your savings, that can offset the, the risk, right? So even for somebody that's living month to month, my advice is go 100% all in. Very possible you're going to tell me that it, it caused you some pain, but the alternative was not uh, likely to be pain-free either. Yeah, I mean, we just saw we just saw a, a dip over the weekend. Uh, had like lost ten thousand dollars basically on the price, and um, it's not fun to see, but it is what it is. And you know, it, it's if you've been doing what we've been saying and uh, buying Bit, you know, at least getting into Bitcoin, then then you should be like, ah, you know, whatever. It is what it is. It'll, it'll go up. I understand it's a little bit different if you had, if you needed to spend $4,000 an hour or $4,000 is worth uh, $3,200 or whatever, whatever would work out to. But, um, you know, we're mostly Americans listening to this or at least Westerners and we have access to insanely stupid credit. So <laughs> yeah, it might be something you have to leverage. In, in the short term to, to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And it really is like a short term risk. So you're trading the short term risk that Bitcoin just beats the crap out of you right after you start this, which is a significant risk. And you can offset that by working extra hard and being extra frugal for a short period of time. Right. Uh, but chances are within six months, you're going to actually have savings for the first time in your life if you're living month to month. So that when it does drop, you're going to be okay. Um, if you bought, you know, if you, if, if you made $60,000 a year, this was some math that the CEO of Level did. He took his, um, his support, his support engineer who makes $60,000 a year. And he just took his monthly income and his monthly expenses. And he said, all right, had this person that doesn't have a lot of extra savings every month, right? Young guy doesn't doesn't make a ton of money and you know spends almost all of it, right? Um, had he been doing this for the last three years, and three years was you know just kind of arbitrary, right? It was it was data that he had. Uh, this guy would have had I think four hundred and fifty thousand dollars more um, for his net worth had he done that. Um, so it 
it, it is a short-term risk, but that that risk goes away, right? After three years, Bitcoin is tends to be so much higher than uh, than what you started with that you can easily stomach those, you know, eighty percent drops, which do happen. Uh, by the way, seventy percent drops. I think there's been several of them that uh, that uh, have happened in, in Bitcoin's life, um, but. You know, when you have a significantly improved net worth, even a 70% drop is not going to, it's not going to ruin your life. And you're going to, you're going to out hodl. And in the end, you know, after five, 10 years, uh, the amount of money that you're going to have just from not, uh, this is not even talking about like working extra hard and stacking sacks and savings or converting a 401k. This is just from your checking account. Like that can be a life changing amount of money just from enduring the short-term pain of the dips and uh, embracing the fact that there is uncertainty in the world and living like that, uh, you know, you can end up with a life-changing amount of money uh, just just from your checking account. Yeah, yeah. And I think people get nervous or worried. And I think a lot of it has to do with unwilling to, it's funny trying to get people to change and and we all go through it. I, I want to bring up some of the things that are going through my head right now that I, I realize are absolutely incredibly stupid things that are preventing me from doing stuff. But it's, it's this, you know, everyone wants, you know, to be able to make a change only if there's going to be absolutely no pain and no risk. And if there is any, any whiff of that, then it's, oh, no, no, not worth it. I'm going to keep doing, doing what I'm doing, even though they're holding dollars, which is, you know, a melting ice cube in a 500 degree oven. It's, it's a horrendous thing to stay on, but because of that, something's going to change on you, or there's that different risk that you're not used to, you make all sorts of excuses to say, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. But, um, yeah, it's, uh. But like you said before, you're taking you're taking some serious, pretty serious risks if you're on the edge anyway. Uh, but one of the things I want to talk about too is that um, the difference in the way you are when you're on a Bitcoin standard, uh, when you're when you're stacking Sats, which is the thing that we you know we all said to do before that, um, or to just save in Bitcoin, is the mindset you kind of had was to be like very frugal all the time and save and save, 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 think of ways I can I can cut spending. Um, to, to be able to buy more Bitcoin. And, uh, but I've noticed just in the short period of time that I, that I've been on zero and, you know, it was just kind of already happening too with me, but like now that I'm spending Bitcoin, you know, I have to spend money. I have to spend Bitcoin to live my life. But now because I value Bitcoin so much more than I had valued dollars, I'm really making sure that not that I'm not spending money, it's that am I actually getting something of value back? And yeah. so I tweeted about this the other day. Uh, Slappy and I just put in the deposit to buy a whole cow to split. And yeah. so, yes, I am I'm going to spend a lot of Bitcoin um, in order to buy, you know, 250 pounds of beef. Right. And um, – but like that is going to be I, I have some a pretty high degree of food security now that I, I have a freezer full of beef. I don't have to go to the store um, if the price of beef goes up. And also I'm I'm buying it from a, you know, a free range grass fed, you know, no antibiotic, no garbage crap 
that you're getting at the food store. So I'm getting a much higher quality of beef. It's going to be much more nutritious and it's going to taste better. Like I'm like, and now I, I look through all my, like I I'm, I'm getting out of this mindset of like, well, I'll just buy the cheap thing because it's cheap and I'll have to spend a lot of money on it. But you spend money on the cheap thing. And then, you know, a little bit down the road, the thing falls apart yep. and you're replacing it anyway. And you're just kind of dying by a thousand duck bites, even though you think at the moment you're saving money and you're, and you're really not. Yeah. I've, I've noticed that too. And I think I've heard heavily on McLean say the same thing that, yeah. um, that, even though we were all saving in Bitcoin, there's something different about having to spend your precious Satoshis, right? And you have to now. And what's what's kind of stupid um, about this, and like, it's just our, you know, it's our monkey brain or whatever, right? Like, we were always spending Satoshis, right? Dollars yeah. in Bitcoin was always freely exchangeable, right? It, maybe we'd pay a, a 2% fee, and now it's a 0% fee uh, with the new services. But they were always interchangeable. And so, but there is something about like getting this, these Zimbabwe bucks and just feeling like, I'll just dump the Zimbabwe bucks. Right. And, but my Satoshis are valuable. Well, we could have been dumping the Zimbabwe bucks on Satoshis. So, but it does, it does seem to affect the way that, that I think too. And uh, I think heavily armed clown said that one of the things that's even been more significant for him and all of this is weird, right? It's all like very um, psychological and spiritual. These like these like steps down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, um, which it's it's just weird. It's weird that our brains work like this, and then it affects our behavior. But I do believe that having zero dollars in fiat, the best benefit is not the financial benefit. It's the it's the mental impact that it has on you, and the, like the clarity that it brings. Um, but I think what Hack has said is that for him in particular, he's he's had more of a tendency to be focused on his income side of things um, now that he's just living on Bitcoin all the time, right? It's less about like, okay, I added 20,000 Satoshis to my stack and I feel good about it. It's more about like, I live on Bitcoin. This is my stack. I'd like it to grow. Yes, I can, you know, I can spend a little bit less, but... Now it's also the realization that the money that flows in is actually Satoshi's. And so if there's stuff that I can do to make the money flow in a little bit bigger, that'll have a bigger impact. Um, and I've said that for a long time that like people that come to me for financial advice, um, I've always said like discard the Dave Ramsey's of the world that are going to make you like literally beans and rice and feel good about yourself. You yeah. need to work 45 hours a week, right? If you're not working at least 45 hours a week and you have any financial problems, that that's step one. I don't care how much you spend on, you know, random 7-Eleven Slurpees. Like this is not going to change your life. But the, the the amount of income that you make, you 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 have an outsized impact on that. So I think that's a really uh, like a positive development too. Uh, but at the end of the day, like all the stuff we've talked about are all like personal benefits, right? Like, yes, on average, you're going to be significantly wealthier. Uh, you, you do start thinking more clearly and make better purchasing decisions and all of that. But also, um, there's, there's the other side, which is you're not funding corona hysteria, right? Like, none of us want to live in this dystopia where five-year-olds are being force-injected with, uh, you know, 
with vaccines that are somewhere between not good for you and completely not good for you, right? Like for a five-year-old, there's no data that says this is a good idea. The coronavirus is clearly much safer for for a five-year-old. Nobody's even tried to make that argument with any data, but that's the world that we live in right now. And it's being funded by the fiat dollar because the only reason all of this constant distraction and the race wars and all of this stuff has to happen is so that we don't pay attention to the fact that the Fed is stealing all of our savings, right? We're, we are uh, under central bank slavery. These people have a great system where they force us to use their dollar um, and then they print dollars and they cause all of these nasty effects, including the boom and bust cycle. And as a result of the bust, we always want them dead. And so they have to create all of these distractions so that we're upset about something other than them. Uh, and we can end all of that by getting off the dollar. Uh, it's, it's, and it's not necessary anymore. And you don't even have to do anything illegal, right? Like everything we've talked about even includes paying taxes, right? Um, but, and you can defund that. It's not illegal to abandon the U.S. dollar and just use Bitcoin. It doesn't have to be legal tender. The existing laws allow us the freedom to do that. It's going to make you wealthier for doing that. Um, and the, the the really important thing is that we can defund this freaking clown world that none of us wants to have our grandkids grow up in. And the more of us that realize that and do that, we can start this, uh, like we, we started talking about earlier, when a small group of us, like 10 people on Twitter, not very many of us, were like, look, Bitcoin maximalism we're going to embrace the term and we're just going to explain incessantly that uh, Ethereum is a scam and Solana is a scam and Litecoin is a scam. We're going to explain why and we're going to go into the detail and we're just going to do this as our like freaking mission in life. When we have any free time, we're going to do this. It wasn't that many of us that did that and look at how much the world is different. We can do that exact same thing with this get on zero movement. We can just take the time to explain to people that, don't be afraid of the taxes. You only pay taxes when you're richer. Uh, don't be afraid of the volatility. You know, it might hurt in the short term, but you'll survive it and you'll end up significantly wealthier, right? Like it's totally in your best interest. Um, and the more we do that, we can have the same effect, right? In three or four years, it can seem as stupid to everybody else to hold US dollars as it does to us right now. Um and we've seen it happen before. So it's not its not like a crazy thing that we can have that outsized impact. Um, and the more people that realize that, it's a snowball effect, right? The more people that realize that Bitcoin maximalism was, was the way, that it was true, that it was, you know, Bitcoin's legit and all this other stuff is a fraud, the bigger, the more the price went up. And we all got rewarded for our labor, like super disproportionately, really, to the amount of time that we put in. Um, and we can see that same thing happening now where... The more people abandon the dollar, the quicker the dollar is just not even a thing in Bitcoin's global money. And like, you know, this may be the last thing that we have to do. Um, and we are almost certainly going to get, you know, disproportionately rewarded for our efforts in doing that. So every, everything is on our side at this point and victory seems pretty sure. Um, so let's do it. Yeah, it's it's pretty um it's pretty exciting, but but one of the things because we we mentioned it, like we were talking about earlier, talk about all sorts of stuff, but how you would you know pay someone a little bit more in Bitcoin for them to accept Bitcoin, but as more and more people start to onboard to Bitcoin and really want to hold it, then the opposite's going to start happening, and, and you're going to see Thier's law really right. in play, where you're going to have to pay a pure premium 
for someone to accept dollars. And once that kind of flips that you have to take a premium to make someone take Bitcoin and now they're, you know, they have the opposite mindset and and they're going to make you pay a premium to give them dollars. I mean, then, then it just starts an avalanche um, yeah. because that premium is just going to start ripping up, especially yeah. as the Fed gets crazier and crazier to try to manage it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, people are like, we're picking the right time to, to make this switch because the services make it easy, right? Like I, I, I certainly, I did the math. I would be well over half a million dollars richer if in 2017, I just switched over my checking account to Bitcoin. Like it would be a, a pretty massive amount of money. Um, like that, that, that guy that, uh, that makes $60,000 a year would be like 450. I think I would be at like 700 or $750,000 richer. And there's definitely some pain for me on that. That's like the, I, I don't regret very much in Bitcoin, but I do regret not, not doing that, but it would have been a hassle because I would have had to use an exchange and the fees on the exchanges were higher back then. And it was not clear to me that the amount of Bitcoin appreciation would outrun the fees that I'd have to pay on an exchange. You know, if I get if I get paid and then immediately have to sell Bitcoin, I, I go in and then I immediately go out. Like that could be three or four percent of a pay cut, basically, on those transactions. It turns out it didn't matter. <laughs> Bitcoin went up so much. There's no way that it could have mattered. Uh, but that was my mindset at the time. It was like, all right, first it's a huge hassle. And the fees are really high. Um, and and the other thing was, I was still thinking, you know, inflation is probably four to six percent. In hindsight, I think it was clearly eight to ten percent. Uh, but now it's clearly twenty to thirty percent, right? So, and all of those things are now uh, making this decision much easier. Inflation's much higher. The fees of going in and out of Bitcoin are essentially zero, and the services make it super easy to do it. Um, and people are starting to wake up, right? So as people wake up, the Bitcoin price is only going to go higher more quickly. Um, saw a survey today that said 25% of Americans have owned Bitcoin. Um, they ha they probably have super tiny amounts. They're still going down the, they're still in that sales funnel, right? They're not on the get on zero yet. They're probably still in mostly shitcoin land. Uh, but that sales funnel does eventually get us to where we're at. So we have this huge wave of these people that are coming. Um, so again, it just seems like everything is lined up perfectly for us to make this final leap and, and really get rewarded for it. Yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> it's uh, what a time to be alive. I've been saying that a lot, despite, despite all the COVID hysteria and all the craziness going on. So I want to uh, potentially expose myself as a LARPer right now. And I've said this before when we we're talking about it, is it like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm saying I'm on zero, but I you know, still have a, a retirement account. And um, this is where I kind of alluded to earlier, Ben, like how I've realized like such stupid ideas in my head is, so I've got like a, a whole life insurance policy and also an IRA that's sizable yeah. um, with, with the same guy who, who, who kind of manages both or uh, services them for me. And um, in my head, I was, you know, going through this stuff and I'm like, yeah, I should, I should really turn that IRA into Bitcoin uh, because it's for all of the reasons we've been talking about everything here. But the biggest thing that was keeping me from doing that was like, well, I really like, I really like the guy who, uh, <laughs> who, who does it for me. 
Yeah. And I, I was driving home from work today thinking about what we're going to talk about tonight. And I'm like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, I don't want to like impoverish the guy. Like, I feel bad that he's, you know, potentially losing some income because of, but at the same time, and I don't want to say this to him because it, it seems really arrogant, but like, if I'm pulling basically all of my money out from you because I'm putting it into Bitcoin, and we've talked about Bitcoin before, he's open to hearing me talk about it. And he's been very supportive of me doing Bitcoin stuff. Um, like that should, that should resonate in him being like, well, maybe I should look at Bitcoin pretty seriously. If this guy is literally taking all of his dollar denominated stuff out and, and going all on Bitcoin, it, yeah. you know, if that flips a switch in his head or pushes him a little bit quicker in the in the direction of Bitcoin, you know, and he starts buying it, that loss of income is not going to matter. And it's it's probably going to work out better for him <laughs> in the yeah. long run. And if you really like the guy, if you really feel bad about it, what, what's I'm, I'm about to make fun of you, but I should say that like this is uh, this has been the business model for a lot of boomers uh, that started their career in financial services like they. They went door to door or they went to the Lions Club. They built up these networks of relationships and now they charge a 1% management fee to manage people's wealth. Um, they put them in stuff like whole life insurance, which is generally one of the worst things that you can go into. Um, and they don't tell people that uh, that the S&P index fund outperforms almost every venture capital firm and almost everybody that's a financial advisor um, almost all the time, right? Because a low, a low fee... S&P 500 index doesn't make them any money. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of scamminess and just sort of like, uh, I don't know, you're selling Amway soap, you know, that doesn't work any better and is five times more expensive. But the key is uh, with all of these sort of MLM bad services, you know, sort of relationships, uh, they're, they're very much based on, you know, face to face, right. And, and not wanting to tell somebody, I don't want, I don't want your freaking essential oils, okay? I have a headache and I still don't want to put the lavender on my face. Can you just go away? Right? They're they're based on our human desire not to want to disapprove of people that we know. Um, so what I was going to say to make fun of you is like, if you love this guy so much, just just uh, just keep paying his fees, right? Just just say, <laughs> hey, I'm going to take my money out, man, but I love you and I just want you to have one percent of my net worth every year. So I'm just going to send you a check. Is that cool? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you can still do that. You don't have to own, you know, fiat. You can still invest in Bitcoin and still give them this piece if you really, really want to. That that thought did actually cross my mind as a <laughs> as like a reduction <laughs> to absurdity argument to, get, to not get yeah, it. or just being like uh, it, it, it it didn't hang in my mind for a while, but you know, it, I'll, it, I'll just give good. you one percent of my Bitcoin every year. Gonna say uh, if you're going to do that, I'll be your advisor. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying this stuff, and, and I'm, uh, I'm happy to lean against the ropes and put my hands up to take <laughs> take this beating because I, you know, I don't want people to think that we're like Superman. somehow different. Yeah, it's yeah. it's this this the ideas that are rolling through your head are the same ideas and, and thoughts and, and concerns that we had going through ours, and we're working through them. And this is how you have to work through them. Say it out loud to someone because now. It, it was absurd in my head when I was driving home thinking about it today. It's about a thousand times more absurd. <laughs> yeah. When and it's funny too. On related to this, I was um, 
I, I, I started a new job about a month or two ago. So I have to go through all like a lot of the training stuff, all mostly like safety training kind of things. And they're like modules you got to take online stuff. And one of them was about why people do stupid things and why as a team, you're working as a team and you do something stupid, even though everyone there realizes it's stupid, but you all go and do the stupid thing anyway. Um, and one of the things they said to do, and as I was going through the training, I was kind of rolling my eyes at it because I was like, this is silly. But then I realized, no, nah, it's actually really <laughs> true. Was that um, they said, if you are in a, in a situation where you're, and they call them pinches, we're ever doing something and you know that like it's stupid, but you do it anyway. And then yeah. it turns out bad. And then you're like, why did I do that? Yeah. The hair said, stands up on the back of your neck, but you're in the heat of the moment. So you just roll with it. Yeah, because it's it, it, in in the moment, it's more painful to throw on the brakes than it is to to just keep going with it. But they said, just stop. Even if you're by yourself and you're doing something, just stop and say out loud, "This is stupid." Yeah, and like it should shake you. It should rattle you a little bit. So, like to the listeners out there, they're you know have are going through this stuff. Like, talk it out with someone. If it's with one of us, that's great. If it's whatever it is, but just like say what you're thinking out loud so you can hear that it is absurd. Or maybe you're thinking something that's not absurd. And like, because it's not every idea that you have in your head is obviously a bad idea, but, but you got to like work through it and think it out. And, but, and don't think that you're, you know, totally unique in, in having, thoughts or concerns or, or whatever it is. We've all gone through it. Like, this is why we're talking about this stuff. This is what we've been saying, that it's been a process for us to get to this point. It's not, we didn't discover Bitcoin and then say, oh, I'm not going to hold fiat anymore. It's it's all on the Bitcoin. I mean, I heard of, I don't know, I should look it up because I think I probably have a something on Reddit, which is where I did a lot of my early libertarian stuff, probably have something where it referenced me hearing about Bitcoin and seeing how far back that was. Like it's, it was probably 2011. Wow. And I remember thinking when I first heard about Bitcoin, like, Oh wow, this is cool. I should buy some. Yeah. And yep. I didn't. And then yeah. I finally bought some and then I was like, Oh, I should buy more of this. And I didn't yep. like between my first purchase of Bitcoin and the second purchase or not exactly. I think I bought a little bit, but like between the first flurry of Bitcoin purchases and the next time you buying Bitcoin was years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, we're not, we're not Superman. We're not like, we're going through these processes too. So this is why, um, uh, we're doing this and this is why we're having the series. Cause I want to talk to all different people. Yeah. About it's totally what they're doing. psychological. It, I yeah. mean, it, it's very much like, um, like I think there's two parts to it. One is like just the the facts, right? So when Bitcoin was first explained to me, I think it was 2013, and the person that explained it told me that it was electrical energy, and I was like, I know enough about physics and economics. It's not electrical energy. It's not a battery. It's not storing anything. Totally discarded it, right? And I I have some regret because it's like uh, obviously if I had gotten it, I could be a billionaire right now. So that sucks. Um, but uh, but what are you going to do, right? Like the information that you're presented, you're going to work with it. You got a lot of stuff going on today. You can't go down every rabbit hole. So that's it makes sense that you're going to have a filter like that, right? Um, and then even uh, even like 
I was looking at an exchange that I had with Max Hillebrand that was like three years ago, right? And he was like, I get Bitcoin, I get it, it clicks, I'm never touching a fiat again. And I was like, come on, that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Uh, and now I know that what I was really thinking is that the exchange fees were so high. Um, but I didn't articulate that, right? So had I explained to him, hey, this is my fear, I'm afraid that if I do that, I'm going to end up with less Bitcoin and a lot of hassle. Um, and, you know, I'm going to have to file taxes, whereas if I just buy a chunk and hodl, I don't have to do anything. Um, he may have been able to say, well, actually, you know, taxes are not that big of a deal, and here's why, and fees aren't that big of a deal. But he didn't anticipate my question, and I didn't articulate the question, and it cost me, you know, three quarters of a million dollars or something, right? And that's after I'm already, like, that's after I put together the 10 hours of Bitcoin right so i'm already all in uh, mentally but there's still that that last barrier so um and then so there's the facts sort of side of things right which hopefully we're covering most of those here but then there's also the fear side right where you're like i'm afraid that i'm going to hurt this person's feelings or i'm afraid i'm going to look like an idiot or i'm afraid that my wife is going to be upset if i even try to do this right now because of what she's going through um, or, you know, I'm afraid it's not going to work out because of timing or taxes or whatever. And, uh, and that shuts off our brain. Um, and that's why I think it's really cool. You guys are going to do, you know, a bunch of people because we just need to know that we're not alone when we're going to do something that's unusual. And we need to know that other people are like us and that they've, you know, they've, they've benefited from it, or at least they're, you know, taking the same risks we are, um, so, yeah, I think this is this is great. And I think that this, you know, the series of interviews you guys are doing is going to is going to have a huge impact. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun. And I remember I don't know if it was that exact tweet from Max Hillebrand, because I remember him years ago seeing something that he tweeted like that. And my reaction to it was to text Slappy and say, oh, Matt, just be cranky about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and instead of instead of like me interacting with them and saying like well this is what about capital gains and what about the volatility and all the stuff people are saying to us right now i talked to someone else and just was yeah, moaned about it <laughs> i just got i was just cranky about it i was, I was a, a total loser about right. it right. and and so <laughs> like it's and and that's it's 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 funny it's humbling, and that's why I try to have patience with uh, with people who are interested. And, and well, actually, it's easy to have people with patience, or easy to have patience with people who are interested um, with with questions, because as long as you're not dismissive, and it's very easy to tell the people who are dismissive versus the people that are unsure and are trying to learn. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, to talking to a, a bunch of different people um, to get their, see what different perspectives they have, see what different strategies they have, but also to see how similar everyone is too, because I, I think you're going to get a little bit of both. Um, and to see how many people, you know, once they go on a Bitcoin standard, they realize they need to get a tractor. Right. <laughs> we eat. Doesn't matter how. <laughs> It's like uh, all 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 base hits are are frozen rope line drives out the middle. Doesn't matter if you have a swinging bunt or a punch and Judy bloop in front of the uh, right fielder. 
Yep, yep, yeah. We're we're gonna make it. We'll, we'll get through this, and uh, a lot of us will benefit more than than others uh, that are willing to go through the pain um, and, and stare into the abyss of what's gonna happen if you know my checking account shrinks by forty percent uh, between the time I get paid and the time I pay all my bills, um, and uh, just work through that and realize that it's you know. It's not, you wouldn't die even if that happened, even if you had the worst timing in the world, um, even if you don't have any savings, like you're, you're not literally going to die and, uh, and it's just a good risk. Um, so, you know, in a world where you have to take risk to survive and that risk is growing all the time that you have to take, uh, this is, this is not a bad one. Yeah. And I think just to, just to hammer that a little bit more, I think that we're, we have this tendency to, I don't know, it's probably some sort of something, something bias, uh, what's it called? Uh, normalcy bias or something where it's like, there's this assumption that because we're continuing to do whatever we're doing, that there's not risk associated with it. Right. Um, and I think Bitcoiners have been doing a really good job of saying stuff like, Oh, people say Bitcoin's risky. And it's like, how much are you willing to risk on the dollar? Right. Yeah. Nobody seems to argue that nobody's arguing that dollar's safe. Right. Yeah. But it's still hard to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It really is like a cult, right? Like from the time that we were kids, everybody wore, you know, orange robes or something. And we're trying to say, Hey, you know, these orange robes, they're not a good idea. It, it, it's going to take us seeing some people walking around in something other than orange robes before our brain can even start to process the possibility. Um, and, uh, and that there's, you know, there's benefits to, to taking on this thing that's super unusual. Uh, but the fact is, like the orange robes are on fire, so that helps a little bit, right? Like, the Fed is the Fed's making it easier and easier. Every time your wife goes to the grocery store uh, and sees the prices as they're changing for milk and beef and anything that you would actually want to feed your kids, uh, it, it makes it that much easier to go. Yeah, we need to we need to try something different. Um, and you know, the, the the flip side is like the satisfaction that a lot of us have knowing that we helped people get on Bitcoin a few years ago is awesome. And the satisfaction that we're going to have, even though, you know, there's going to be some people that, that the timing isn't right and they do end up going through some pain. Um, I I'm willing to do that, right? Like I was willing to jump on spaces and talk to everybody that I convinced to get on zero at 68,000 or whatever, uh, <laughs> when it dropped to 40,000 in the last couple of days. Um, and, and endure that, uh, yeah, I'm kind of screwed right now. Uh, it turned out actually everybody is fine because, uh, the, the people that got the most hurt were actually already very, were even more high risk. They were going long on credit cards. So to put this in context, like it is a really bad idea. In my opinion, we're not far enough along in hyperinflation to where I would say, take out short-term credit card debt, right? At some point, you know, maybe when we hit uh, 500,000 and it's clear to everybody that the US dollar is over, it might make sense to take out uh, a credit card debt at 14% interest that you have to pay back within, you know, six months or something. Um, but we're not there yet, in my opinion. That's, that's too aggressive. Uh, but I do think that if you can get access to um, long-term low interest debt, you know, like Michael Saylor talks about, if you can get, if you can take out a second mortgage on your house at, you know, 6% um, and plow that into Bitcoin, we know that inflation is higher than 6%. So they're giving you free money that you can buy Bitcoin with. Um, and if you don't have to pay it back for 25 or 30 years, 
um, then that's probably where we're at, right? That's that's not too risky. And if you can get out of fiat, right? If you were going to hold $3,000 in cash in your checking account, and instead you can hold $3,000 in Bitcoin, that's, I think that's where we're at. That's a smart risk. But, um, but it's, not, it's not a good idea to take out short-term high interest debt yet and buy Bitcoin. That, that time may come. It might be a very short period of time or you know, it might be a, a weekend where the dollar just disappears. So it never really makes sense to do that. Um, but we're not, we're not psychotic about it, right? We're not saying like, you know, we're, we're also not saying like you should live a really terrible lifestyle, right? Like feed your kids good food, right? Don't feed them like cornmeal so that you can buy Bitcoin. Um, and you know, if you have a, uh, like a boat that you really love, don't necessarily sell the boat. Like consumption is fine. Uh, even, you know, having other investments, you know, is not unreasonable. Um, although you'd be hard pressed for me to make a case that it's a good idea to have a 401k like Slappy was, or like, like Rolla was talking about. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's extenuating circumstances, right? Like I still have the majority of my wealth in uh, startups. Um, if I could sell them tomorrow, even at a 30% discount and plow that into Bitcoin, I would, but that affects employees and partners and, you know, this, this very tangled web. So it's not really an investment decision. When it comes to an investment decision, you definitely want to be in Bitcoin. That's kind of a no brainer. And when it comes to even your checking account, you want to be in Bitcoin, but um, but there's other there's other reasons to have money tied up other than investment. Consumption is definitely one of them. That's totally fine. Um, but there's no reason to own any U.S. dollars, right? For the same reason that there's no reason right now for you to go grab a bunch of Venezuelan bolivars and hold them in your checking account. It's it's you don't have to be crazy to say that that's a bad idea. You don't have to be you know going on super high interest debt and buying Bitcoin or like you know, selling off your, your kid's uh, prosthetic arm or something to buy Bitcoin. You don't have to be a complete psychopath about Bitcoin to say it's not a good idea to hold boulevards. And ultimately what we're saying with Get On Zero is it's not a good idea to hold U.S. dollars. Um, so let's at least get to that point, right? Everything else may may come at some point, but uh, but right now it's at least very clear it's not a good idea to hold U.S. dollars, even for a weekend, you know, if you have to, to make a payment or because you're getting paid, that's different. You know, it's a logistics thing, but you never want to actively choose to put any wealth for any period of time in U.S. dollars. Yeah, I agree. And and remember, like, the purpose of money is it's artificial wealth. And so the purpose of Bitcoin is to be able to maintain your wealth. So we're not like the idea that you're just eat rice and live in a cardboard box but you've got all this Bitcoin and that's how you live your entire life. I mean, that sounds like a pretty empty, terrible life. Um, so have Bitcoin there to help you pursue your dreams and, and have the work that you do mean something. So like one of the things I want to do is, and I, and, and it's starting to become more of a reality for me to be able to do it is I want to build, I want to buy 10 to 20 acres and, and build a homestead because I think that's awesome. And that's how I want to spend my life. Um, with, if I haven't been getting into Bitcoin and, and going all get to zero, that would be like decades out before I could do that. Um, but now it's like, you know, reasonable for me to start kind of looking around at stuff. I'm not going to do it tomorrow or anything. And I'm, and, you know, I'm not going to liquidate, you know, all of my Bitcoin to do it or, or something like that. But like, these are now plans that I'm able to actually do because now I command 
the wealth to be able to do that. So it's yeah, uh, right on, Jack man. Mallers had a really good episode where he was talking about getting the uh, getting Russell Okun and, and professional athletes paid in Bitcoin. And he's like, you can't pursue your dreams on a fiat standard. And it's like, it's only Bitcoin that allows you to pursue your dreams. And that, that really, really hit me and struck me and, and really kind of flipped the switch for me. So it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. your mindset, your, your worldview, the way you, you look at the world, the way you feel about yourself, it, like it changes for the better. It's, it's really been a, a, a powerful, wonderful experience in just a short, short amount of time. Yep. Yep. Right on. Yeah. And I mean, right now your dream might be, uh, you know, if your kid needs to get braces, I think braces are up to like $6,000 now. Uh, you know, if your kid needs to get braces, you don't have to freak out. Right. Like that's a, that's a very relatable dream that I think a lot of people would love to have. Like, yeah, 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 that would suck. I don't want that to happen if I have to get this kid braces, but if I do, I'm not going to cry. Right. Like your, your dream could be as simple as that, or it could be as, as awesome as, you know, being able to buy a homestead, but, um, and you know, maybe it'll start small and grow bigger like a lot of us, but, but it doesn't matter what it is as small or as big as it is. You're not going to be able to do that. If the government is printing so much money that, uh, that the cost of everything you buy goes up faster than your raise, like everybody that didn't get a raise of 25% last year, got a pay cut. Uh, you're more skilled now. You can produce stuff at a, at, a, at a better efficiency than you could a year ago, and they cut your pay by 25%. You're not going to win in that circumstance. So you got to come up with some way out of it, right? Which is, uh, you know, what, uh, back to like Bitcoin is risky. Like, look, man, sometimes the right thing to do is to run for the door in the concentration camp, even if you're likely to get a shot. Because if they're just putting everybody on a truck out back, these are your options, right? And that's a, obviously a very extreme, um, although, you know, man, the way, the way things are headed with COVID, right, which slips right into the other part of this thing is we, we all know that we need to do something, that these things, that, that this is not headed in a good direction. We're not feeling like our kids are going to grow up safer than we grew up with the government, the way it's behaving. And we know that it's, it's a side effect of this money printing. So, there's so many angles where this is just obviously the right move now, even if it doesn't work out for us financially, but, uh, but it almost certainly will. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I think we're in a really good spot. Uh, it's a, it's a good time to do it. It feels good to do it. And, uh, you know, you've got a huge support group of people that want to help you do it as well. And that will, you know, that will be sad if it, if it hurts in the long, in the short term, we'll be sad with you. And I guess if it hurts in the long term, we'll be extra sad with you. Uh, but yeah, get on Bitcoin Twitter, follow Rolo and Slappy. Um, and, uh, and that'll, that'll give you the pride, the support that you need to take the lead. Yeah. So I guess that's a, a good spot to wrap it up. JW, uh, thank you so much for coming on. We'll, uh, this is the first of, Hopefully many. Um, yeah, we have uh, a couple lined up. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want to get as many. And if you're on zero and want to come on and talk, you know, hit us up and, and and we'll gladly have the conversation because it's funny when you, I think you brought this up, JW, about starting to do this. And I had 
I already had the idea rolling around in my head. Like, I just want to talk to people that are all in on Bitcoin and doing this stuff. And then even when you said like, oh, maybe we'll have a website to put up. And I had already been looking <laughs> at buying domains that day. Awesome. Um, because so it'd, it'd be cool to have this podcast series up there. And then also kind of like a frequently asked questions thing where it's like, why? Because we, we know what all the questions are going to be. And I'll probably get to put a, a something on Twitter to be like, hey, give me all the reasons that you don't want to go all in on Bitcoin right now. Right on. And uh, right usually on. those are usually those bring up pretty good, uh, pretty good responses. Things that people are thinking in their head. And you know what? Uh, we sh- we should talk to, are, are you having the CEO of level on? Because they're one of the, one of the amazing things that, that's going on is that the apps like the Bitcoin exchanges and the apps are starting to realize that this is the future, right? And that they need to cater to, this small group of freaks, just like Cash App knew it needed to cater to Bitcoin maximalists and only be Bitcoin only when everybody else was shipping at Shitcoin Casino. There's a, a, a few number of apps like Amber um, and Level and maybe a couple others that are of the same mindset. Like they see what we see. They know that they that that we are going to be a very wealthy sort of group of people to serve in the future. And They've they're VC funded, right? They've got you know millions of dollars to spend on product development, and they're focused. They're laser focused on this problem that we're talking about of how do I make it super easy for somebody never to own the U.S. dollar again, which is going to be yep. great from like a credibility standpoint for the social movement, but but also just to make it even easier. And I'm realizing that if you build out these resources. Uh, there's companies that, that might sponsor that website. So we should hit up the, the guy from Level because what you're doing is basically, uh, you're basically doing marketing for this small group of services. Just like when we were right. pushing Bitcoin, you know, and there was only a few people that sold it. We were basically all free employees of those companies to a degree. So um, yeah, right on, man. I'm excited. I didn't realize you were thinking about building a, a building out the website. I was just looking for yeah. a series. Uh but yeah, talking to totally normal people, like the, the episode that you guys did last week uh, was awesome. It was one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. It was so cool to oh. hear a guy that works in uh, just a normal job, right? Like I'm a software guy and I still know a lot of people from Silicon Valley. And uh, just to hear a, a normal guy that was entrepreneurial, that was, you know, doing a uh, uh, ceiling of uh, asphalt, right? And built up a healthy business and was paying him his employees in Bitcoin and had lived through all that super satisfying and, and, uh, and fun. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to listen to these other ones and also excited for the website you guys are going to put together now. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it's a fun, I, I, nothing, I, I haven't been, um, as excited about the podcast really in a long time. You know, what's funny too, is because for the longest time, you know, Slappy and I, how long have we had the blog for Slappy? 2012. Yeah, so it's been nine years and what five years we've been doing the pod. Yeah, five, more than five years. Yeah, over five. We do years. it every week, and for the longest time we've always been talking about we need a niche because in the beginning we we're just a libertarian right. podcast and blog. there's a million of them and we're not PhDs, and, right? You know, and then we had the and we we're like all right, and then and then and I, I finally realized it the last couple of weeks or so that like I think we finally found our niche. This is like what we are. It took us nine years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but I think we finally found our niche. And so that, and I've never been more excited about doing this than I am now. Same so, here. Um, it's right like, on. it's uh, injected life into it. 
It's, yeah. it's fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you guys have been on the cutting edge in, in, in Bitcoin for quite a while, um, and I've gotten a lot of value out of the just the sort of Bitcoin in general podcast. But you guys are definitely the only people that I know that totally get this get on zero movement and are are you know are really putting in the time uh, to make it happen. So it it total it it makes sense in hindsight that you guys started out kind of generic libertarian, then then became a little bit more focused on Bitcoin. Um, you know, if you if you guys totally blow up and you're the new Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> it'll it'll make sense to everybody in hindsight. But this was this was the uh, you're being prepared for exactly this mission because we absolutely need people to um, to to understand this. Like, you, you, if you guys bring on like an accountant to talk through all the accounting issues and uh, um, you know maybe have uh, have Leon Clown talk about all the privacy issues involved because a lot of Bitcoiners like to use Bitcoin in a private way and this is you know less less private but it's still more private than fiat. Um, but just work through all of those issues and then have a lot of normal people um, that that have, I mean, the value of having somebody that uh, like me on is like you get the perspective of like a software startup guy. But the value of having the guy that you had on last week was you get the perspective of somebody that, that uh, probably has a job that's a lot more like yours or at least is like way more relatable if you're not in software. Um, right. So super valuable service, man. I, I really appreciate you guys doing this. Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad, glad you've, uh, you like it. <laughs> so you want to tell people, uh, where they can find you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter at JW Weatherman underscore, uh, let's see, 10 hours of Bitcoin.com uh, is where I send everybody for Bitcoin knowledge, but it sounds like we're going to be sending them to, uh, I don't know, five hours or 50 hours of get on zero here pretty soon. So, yeah. uh, you better register that. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, also, mathbot.com. If you want to learn programming or you have some kids that want to learn programming, send them to mathbot.com. We were just over there. Yeah, was it yesterday? Two days ago. Two, it was Saturday. Me and the kids were right messing on. around on MathBot. Right Slappy's on. Slappy's finally learning math. Yep. <laughs> They're helping me. I'm, I'm coming along. Yeah, so that, that'll all be in uh, mcflugel.com slash 282 show notes page so uh once again jw thanks for uh thanks for coming on we appreciate it and uh this is going to be a lot of fun yeah man thank thanks thanks to both of you guys for being part of my uh my support network over the last few years too (laughs) of course all right thanks for listening everyone we will catch you next week peace